Excellent. Good morning, everyone. Um, so, are you having a good day? Who's had a terrible morning? <laughs> I haven't had a terrible morning, but we had a bit of a challenge. I had to leave early. Catherine's had a terrible morning. That's what it's like with small kids. Um, so, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Jeremy Wineiner. Um, my name is from Kenya. It is quite complicated when you look at it, but quite easy to say. Um, my wife, Catherine, is out there, and I've got two little girls, Emily and Sophie. Um, and yeah, I've been coming to Real Life Church for a couple of years now, and I've been a Christian most of my life. So today, uh, we're looking at the cross. So um, ironically, when I was talking to Catherine about this um, talk, I was like, well, I'll probably only talk for about 15 minutes. Um, and then I started to look at the subject, and actually there's so much in it. Um, I will only be talking for about 20, 25 minutes, so um, time to get comfortable. Um, if you get a bit bored and want a little walk around, you can go out the back. There's some drinks and some cakes, so I won't be offended, don't worry. Um, and um, so today we're looking at the cross, but we're, we're, we're going to look at... Um, when I was thinking about doing this talk, I better start my stopwatch so I know when, we're, when I'm running over. Um, when I was thinking about this um, talk and looking at the cross, the thing that kept coming back to me was... Um, uh, something that Jesus said on the cross about it is finished um, and so the the subject of the talk is the cross changes everything so when Jesus had had finally died and he said it's finished it was the end to so many things and we're going to look at some of those and it was the also the beginning of something amazing and um, a journey that's going to end um, in heaven so um, the um, we're going to look at three things that Jesus said on the cross. We're going to look at, um, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We're going to look at, uh, you will be with me in paradise, and we're going to look at, it is finished. Um, so, um, we're going to look at, um, those are both in Luke and John, um, and the way the Bible split up, the first four books of the New Testament are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're the Gospels, and they're four different accounts of um, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And they're a bit like um, eyewitness accounts of um, a crash. So if you ask four people to describe what happened, you get four slightly different points of view. So um, not all of what Jesus said is in all of the Gospels. So um, don't be alarmed by that. That's totally normal. So just to give you a bit of background um, to this, um, we're... Um, the cross comes um, a week uh, after a week that Jesus, um, a week before he'd come into Jerusalem, he'd been kind of proclaimed the Messiah by all these people, um, and um, they'd been throwing palm branches down, the whole of Jerusalem was in uproar. They were all like, wow, this king that we've been waiting 400 years for has come. And within a week, he'd been betrayed by his friends, um, he'd been left by all of his friends. One of his friends, one of his closest friends, he had three really close friends, um, Peter, James, and John. And um, John had disappeared, James had disappeared. Peter went with him to where he was being tried. And he got so angry with people trying to say that he knew Jesus and so scared that he ended up calling down curses from heaven to say, I just don't know this guy, just leave me alone. I'd never known him, um, and 
Um, so this is a guy who had lost everything. He'd gone from having, you know, the whole, imagine the whole of the UK society. If you went to London, imagine the streets just lined with people shouting your name and saying you're the best thing ever. And a week later, they're shouting for you to be crucified. So um, a little bit about um, crucifixion. Um, it was an incredibly slow and painful way to die. In fact, um, I know that Stuart's told us this before, but um, the term excruciating comes from crucifixion. It's, it's so painful. Um, and um, it was something that the Romans uh, created, but it was such a horrible way to die that they wouldn't crucify a Roman citizen because it was just considered too cruel. Um, they were actually told by some of their philosophers n not even to think about crucifixion, not even to entertain it because it was such, a, uh, such a, a bad thing. It was done mainly as an example. So what the Romans would do, if somebody, was, um, if somebody led a rebellion or if they were a particularly bad member of society, they would crucify them outside the city, kind of on the ways in and out, so that people walking past would say, don't be like this guy. Um, and that's what happened to Jesus. Um, the um, people kind of nailed up by their their arms and their and their feet. And um, if you didn't have a heart attack, or you didn't die of um, shock, or you didn't get blood infection from the nails, um, what would happen is every breath you'd have to kind of drag yourself up. And when you couldn't do that anymore, you just sort of suffocate. So that's the kind of thing that Jesus went through. Um, and it kind of gives a bit of background so that you understand how amazing it is that he said some of the things that he said on the cross. So that's a bit of background about crucifixion. But what about the man who was hung on one of those? Um, he was a normal Jewish boy up until the age of about five. He would have um, learnt the first five books of the Bible. If you've got a Bible there... Um, it's about that much of a book. And he would have learnt that by heart between the ages of 12, uh, between the ages of 5 and 12. So by the time he was 12, he would have known every single word in that New Testament. Between the ages of 12 and 20, he would um, have then, if he was one of the best of the best of the best, he would have then gone on to study the rest of the Old Testament. So he would have learnt that by heart and he would have learnt different rabbis' interpretations of it. So um, in, I don't know which gospel it's in, probably Matthew or Luke, but um, there's a story of Jesus going up to the temple and his parents lose him. They go up to Jerusalem and they lose him and they find that he's in the temple and the teachers of the law were amazed by his knowledge and his insight. So between the ages of five and 12, Jesus was such an amazing student that the very best religious authorities were impressed by him. And that wasn't because he was the son of God. He was just, he just loved it. He must have been an amazing guy. And the way um, the Jews saw it, between the ages of 12 and 20, you'd learn more of the New Testament if you were one of the best. And then between 20 and 30, you would go and learn a vocation. So um, assuming that Jesus would have gone to be a carpenter. But by the age of 30, you were considered um, mature enough to teach others. So um, Jesus' um, ministry started when he was 30 um, and he went into the synagogue and he was given the scroll. Now that says something about him. That says that he was already considered an incredibly mature 
disciple of Judaism. So he wasn't just an ordinary carpenter. He kind of knew his stuff. Um, so that's a little bit about him. And then he spent kind of the next three years um, healing the sick, raising the dead, um, giving the deaf their sight and uh, healing people who were possessed with demons and had mental health issues. Um, so, and also really annoying the authorities. Um, so that's the kind of background to where we get to. So, um, so there we have Jesus. He's on the cross. There are people um, around who were saying things like, um, you know, if you're this Messiah, if you're the Son of God, then save yourself. The, um, the soldiers who crucified him were on the ground um, casting lots for his clothes. He was most likely naked. I know the kind of the pictures shown with a loincloth, which I personally am very glad about. Um, but um, he would have been naked, which, uh, you know, I, that would be my worst. Apart from being crucified, that would be pretty bad, but I would actually hate being naked. That might be even worse. Um, so he was there. He was up in the air for everyone to see. Um, and actually, either side of him, two guys who were crucified, at least one of them was hurling insults on him and, and taking out all his pain on him. Um, and... Only one of his disciples were there. He called 12 people. Um, we only know that John was there and some of the women who um, had been there with him and his mum was there. Um, and in the midst of all that, imagine being nailed up through this part of your hands, through your feet. He'd been whipped. He'd been, um, the soldiers had put a robe on him, put a crown of thorns on his head, nailed him to a tree, thrown it in the ground. Um, and in the midst of all that, he says um, something that's going to come up there in Luke um, chapter 23. He says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Um, and for me, that is just absolutely incredible. Um, there is absolutely no way that if that had happened to me, that there is any way that I would be thinking about forgiving people. Um, just to give you a, a little example, this week I decided to be really good because I thought, well, I'm preaching at the end of the week, so... I should, I should be really good, and then I won't have to feel guilty when I'm stood in front of everyone. Um, but actually, it wasn't like that. It was no better or no worse than any other week. Um, so I can tell you for sure that even when I'm trying to be good, there's no way I could forgive people. Um, and Catherine, who sat there, actually asked me something really interesting. She said, well, why did he say, Father, forgive them? Because he had the right to forgive people. Um, and that's true, actually, earlier in... Uh, Luke's gospel, he, um, he's um, been invited to someone's house. The house is packed because Jesus is really cool. And he turns water to wine and he heals people and he upsets the authorities who everyone likes. You know, imagine someone who upset all the politicians. We would like them. We'd want to be in a party with them. Um, and the whole house was completely packed. Um, and there was a guy who was paralyzed and his friends knew that Jesus could heal people. So they got up on the roof, tore the roof apart, and lowered him down. Um, and Jesus, he said, Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the guy, your sins are forgiven. Um, and oh, the, the Pharisees, who were quite, get quite upset by things like that, got, they just were like, you can't say that. Well, they actually thought it in their head. And Jesus said, why are you thinking this? What's easier for me to say, um, your sins are forgiven, or get up and walk? But so that you know that I can forgive sins, I've got the authority, um, get up and walk, the guy gets up, everyone's happy, but Jesus was proving that he could forgive sins. So why did he say, Father, forgive them? 
Well, some people think that it's because when he was on the cross, he gave up his rights and his authority because he was, he was brought down. Personally, I think it's because if someone had nailed my daughter to a tree, then I would want to kill them. I would hunt them down and I would kill each of them in the most humiliating way I could. Um, and so for me, I think it's because Jesus knew that his father loved, uh, loved him and he knew that he would be pretty upset. So he's saying, Dad, don't worry about it. Please don't hold it against them. And actually, that's something that Jesus now does for us. So um, it says, um, I've forgotten the, um, where it is. I think it's in, uh, Paul talks about it, possibly in Romans. Um, and it says that, that Jesus is our um, great high priest and he's our advocate who stands at the right hand of the Father um, on our behalf. So um, the amazing thing about this is Jesus looks at everybody. So whatever you've done, I can guarantee that everybody in this room, that none of you have crucified Jesus. You haven't um, cast lots for his clothes. You haven't um, been his best friend for like three years and told him that you're never going to leave him and then called down curses on your head to say that you don't know him. Um, so whatever it is that's in your past, Jesus can forgive you. So whatever it is... Um, you know, I, I kind of spent quite a lot of my life feeling like I wasn't worthy and um, didn't deserve Jesus' love. Well, actually, coming here and spending some time in ministry, that's, that's been really helped. But the, the fact is that Jesus can forgive me anything, whatever I've done. You know, I, whatever has happened this week, whatever um, you've been into, whether you've wrecked a relationship or whether you've just let yourself down or or, you know, stolen paper clips from work. I don't know what it is. But whatever it is, um, Jesus is very happy to forgive you. It's something that he wants to do. It's something that he was willing to do to the people who had hurt him the most when he was in the most pain. Um, and we know that his father listens to him because what God could have done is to call down legions of angels and just destroy the whole earth. You know, he, he did it in the time of Noah, he um, sent a flood and destroyed humanity because he's had enough. It was within his right to do that. But because of Jesus and because of what he's done, we can be forgiven. So that's, that's definitely good news. Um, so um, if we go to the next one. Um, so a uh, little bit after that, and I, I think maybe to do with that, um, Jesus was, um, had two um, criminals who were crucified either side of him. Some accounts call them thieves, others just call them criminals. If they were thieves, they probably didn't steal a loaf of bread. The, the, the Romans didn't really crucify people for minor offences. The likelihood is they were pretty hardened criminals. They were a bit like the Cray twins, maybe, or, um, I don't know, just think of a really terrible criminal who's a pretty hard case who um, had been caught and, and crucified. Um, and one of them uh, was... Um, were shouting insults at him. Um, and the other one said, look, just leave him alone. He hasn't done anything wrong. We have got what we deserve. We're pretty bad guys. He's obviously not a bad guy. Um, and um, so you should just leave him alone. And he says to Jesus, look, when you come into your kingdom, to please remember me. And Jesus said, oh, yes, 
Good. I thought I'd got the wrong verse then. Um, Jesus says to him, today you will be with me in paradise. Um, and uh, there's kind of three things, that, uh, uh, a couple of things that I, I take away from that. One is that these um, two um, uh, criminals give two um, kind of opposing people's responses to Jesus. When we go to Jesus, when we talk to people about Jesus, when they hear about him, when they read about him, when they experience church, um, some people can, can react negatively and blame God for all the bad things that have happened in their life, for um, things that are wrong in the world. So, so people say, well, how can there be a God if there's all this rubbish in the world? Um, but other people can say, well, actually, I need some of that. I'd quite like somebody to forgive me, and I'd quite like somebody to, um, to um, be in paradise with. Um, and actually, of all the people who were around the cross, Jesus' disciples, this criminal is the one guy who gets it. He knows that Jesus is a king and that he's coming into his kingdom. So... Um, when um, Jesus is dead and buried, his disciples have given up hope. They didn't think he was coming into his kingdom. But this guy, who you wouldn't expect, there's no way I would expect, um, you know, someone who'd killed a load of people, probably led a rebellion of some kind, was pr- a pretty hardened guy. There's no way I'd expect them to, to get it, to just got it. So when you're talking to your friends, your family, people you meet in the street, don't make assumptions about whether they're ready to accept Jesus because Jesus is close to the most unlikely people. Um, you would expect his disciples to get it. I've always been confused as to why they didn't get it. He told them enough times. But the fact is, it was always surprising the people who got it. Um, so um, that's it. And the other thing um, from this is that Jesus is promising something amazing. Whether even when you're in your most uh, painful um, situation, I can guarantee you that guy hadn't had a worse day than that. He was at his lowest. And when you're at your lowest, again, you've got two choices. You can blame God or you can say, I need your help. Um, But however you are, whatever your situation is, Jesus is saying, look, one day... And one day soon, you will be with me in paradise. And I I guarantee you that made probably the next few hours of that guy's life just that little bit better. Um, So whatever situation you're in, whether you feel like you're on top of the world or you're um, dying a slow, painful death, remember that there is something better. And and the Bible describes, I love this, um, because uh, I have cried a fair amount in my life and I'm a bit of a crier. Um, But... Uh, it says that when we're in heaven, there'll be no more crying and no more pain, and there will be trees that bring healing that grow by the sides of this amazing river that's in heaven. So whatever's going on, there's something to hold on to. Um, And then the next thing that I want to look at, which is um, the last thing that Jesus says on the cross, and this is in John's Gospel, um, he says it is finished. And I I absolutely love this because it's so definitive. Jesus had done everything. He'd lived the perfect life. He had managed to, given all the world's temptations, given lots of adversity, given lots of opportunities to 
get back at all the Pharisees. Imagine knowing everyone's thoughts and all those people who really annoy you being able to know their thoughts and you could just nail them to the wall and he didn't do it. Uh, it's just amazing. Um, but he'd done it. Um, and the, the, it is finished. It means so much. There's just a couple of things. I'm not running over yet. Oh, no, we're all right. I've got a few minutes. Um, some of the th- I just want to go through a few of the things that are finished. Um, your past is finished. Um, everything that you have done that you think is good or bad is finished. It's all dealt with. Um, one of the, the, um, the Greek words that he says is telestelai or something. Say it louder. Say it really loud. There we go. That's what it is. <laughs> um, it's an accounting term for it's paid in full. So if you imagine your mortgage, I mean, our mortgage is like 100 and odd thousand. Um, so imagine somebody coming and saying, Tatalesta, I've paid it all. I'd be like, oh, score, that's great. Um, but it's the same for our, for our sin and our past and everything. It's all paid in full. There's nothing else owing. And that carries on wherever you are. There's absolutely nothing. I guarantee you, well, hopefully, um, you're not as bad as I am. You know, if you saw all the things that go on in my head, all the things that I've done that no one knows about, I'm, I'm not great. But Jesus can forgive me. And I've definitely let him down. I've definitely um, said how great he is and then betrayed him the next minute. Um, but it's all dealt with. So I can hold my head up and just be free. And actually, um, Mike isn't here. Um, but last week, uh, Mike prayed for me. And one of the things that he said is that um, I'm beloved by God. So not only has he forgiven me, it's finished. He absolutely loves me. And, and so it's not just a kind of a um, dealing with all the bad stuff. There's a load of good stuff. Um, and I don't know if you're anything like me. I'm really hard on myself. So when I get things wrong, when I don't do as well as I'd like, I'm really hard on myself. But that's finished. I can't do that anymore because Jesus has dealt with everything. Um, and the grudges that I hold against people, that's finished. You can't hold a grudge anymore. So there's good things about it being finished, and there's some less good things about it. Um, So you can't hold grudges anymore. You can't hate people anymore. It's finished. Jesus has dealt with it. We don't have the right to do that anymore. Um, And um, in um, the book of Genesis... Um, describes Adam and Eve in the garden, and they're told you can eat from all of these trees except that one. Obviously, that's the one that they want. My kids are like that. You can do this, but you can't do that. Well, they're going to go and do that. Um, And sometimes they'll do it while they're watching us. They'll watch, and then they'll put whatever it is, the chocolate in their mouth. Emily used to, um, if um, we said she couldn't have something, she'd grab it and put it in her mouth and try and get it in as quickly as possible. Um, and so that's what Adam and Eve did, essentially, because they're humans and we're all a bit broken. Um, and um, when they did that, there were kind of several things that went wrong with the world. One was um, it was going to be hard to um, cultivate the land, but also um, Eve was told that she would serve her husband. So. Um, men and women's relationship is no longer equal. It was created equal, 
but it isn't anymore. But what the New Testament says is there are no more. There's no more male and female, slave or free, Jew or Gentile. That's finished. So, gentlemen, you have to treat your wives equally and fairly now. You've got no right of dominion over them anymore because it is finished, because Jesus has dealt with that. He's dealt with what happened in the garden. He's pointing us to a new garden that's in heaven. Um, And um, there's no more racial hatred. You can't dislike people because of prejudices against them. That's finished as well. So, um, you know, there's some people I take a look at them and I just don't like them. Um, There's plenty of people. There's lots of people who really annoy me. Um, (laughs) No one here, obviously. (laughs) Better say that. Um, But yeah, I don't have the right to do that anymore because Jesus has dealt with everything. He's made everything new. Um, In fact, I don't know if you've seen Passion of the Christ. I cried a lot through that one. I'm a bit of a crier. But one of the things that... um, There's a thing where Jesus sees his mum on the way to the cross and he says, look, I make all things new. And that that really got me. I was in bits after that. Um, But he makes all things new. Um, He deals with everything, all of the divisions between humans. Um, And he is going to finally sort out the issue between us and the earth and how we wreck it and break it and things don't grow and where there's supposed to be vines, there are thistles. Um, He's bringing a new heaven and a new earth. Um, So... What does all this mean? I've been going on for a while. Um, make sure I get them all done. So, the cross changes everything. Um, your past is finished. Um, I don't know, I'm sure there are people here who um, can feel haunted by things that have happened to them or things that they've done. It doesn't matter anymore. And... Um, after this, there's an opportunity for you to come and get prayer and spend some time with God and say, look, there's this stuff and I want it to be finished. I, d- I don't want it anymore. Um, so it's all done. We are new creations. This is all good news. Um, Jesus is our great high priest and he's there to forgive anything. And um, one of the things I know when I... When I um, the thing that makes me feel the worst is when I do something that Catherine wouldn't like um, because she's the person I kind of love the most and I care what she thinks of me. Um, but I know I, I can't wait very long before I tell her. Um, and I have to tell her pretty soon, otherwise she knows that there's something wrong and I'm, I'm a bit weird. Um, but it's the same with God. Whatever's happened, don't leave it too long. Make sure that every day, um, beginning of the day, middle of the day, the end of the day, just talk to him because he's there and he's paid a huge price to be able to forgive you and he actually loves to do it. Um, when my um, little girls do something wrong, the, we put them on the naughty step and they, they say, um, sorry, you know, my favourite bit is being able to give them a kiss and say it's all right. I act, that's the bit that I love the most. Um, I don't like putting them on the naughty step, but I look forward to the bit where they say, sorry, Daddy, and give me a hug, and I can give them a kiss, because I love that. I love to be able to tell them that it's all right, because I hate them to feel, I'd hate them to feel guilty, and God hates us to feel guilty. We like it, or we feel like we deserve it, and Satan loves to condemn us, but Jesus says, it's all right, don't worry about it. I've got it. It's all sorted. Um, and... 
paradise is waiting for us. Um, I don't know what the term for paradise is, but it's a good place. And it's a place where there will be surprising people there. Um, I don't know if it's true, but maybe Hitler will be there. Who knows? But God can forgive anyone. And um, it's going to be a place where um, there'll be no more crying, no more shame, no more pain. And it's where we will be worshipping God forever. And all the great things, the way that the earth was intended to be when God created it, it's going to be like that. Um, so that's something to look forward to. Um, and the, the final thing is that God is close to everyone and he wants everyone to know him. So whoever it is that you know, even the most unlikely people, you don't know who God is close to. So take a chance. Again, I guess, again, like the, um, the leaflets, just go and leaflet some doors because you never know who's going to turn up, who God's got his finger on. Um, and um, I'd encourage you this week to just ask, maybe after the service or, or during the, the music afterwards, just ask God to put someone on your heart who he's close to, who's a bit like that guy who's on the cross, who's, who's ready and, and, and waiting for him. So that's it. So if, if the band could come back up, that'd be great. <laughs>